Hey, yo, what's up? It's your boy, sir, of the 2020 Podcast, LLC. Please say the LLC. And before you listen to this episode, I just got to let you know, I need you to stop what you're doing. Go to blkrenaissance.com, and I need you to shop for the culture. That's right. Anytime you use the promo code LLC20 at Black Renaissance Clothing's website, you will get 20% off your order. Off rip. No questions asked. So do me a favor and do it for the culture. Peace. Hey, this is KJ, and I have a question for you. When was the last time you got something nice for yourself? (laughs) That's what I thought. So why not visit www.theblurredsyndicate.com and get something that will help you express who you really are. They've got shirts, mugs, purses, mouse pads, and even aprons for the grillers of the family. So if you're a fan of anime, pro wrestling, or hell, even the Golden Girls, the Blurred Syndicate has got you covered. Also, if you use the code LLC20 at checkout, you'll get 20% off your order. So what are you waiting on? I got mine. Come get yours. And remember to join the BS. Hey, this is Butter So Fly of Powerlines Poetry here to let you know anytime I feel good, I have to look good. So you have to listen to me. Make sure you go to gurudesigns.com. Use a three instead of an E. The website is great. So you can get something for yourself. And then she makes custom clothes for men too. And guess what? I got a promo code for you. Use 20 slash 20 and it'll get you 15% off of any order, $25 or more. You can't beat that. Go to gurudesigns.com. Okay, we lit it just like a fuse, so no need to pick and choose. Welcome to 2020, where we do more than interviews. The hottest be coming through, jumping knowledge on all that you get. A bigger the front of you with the truth that they offer you. Yeah, hands up, we doing it for the culture. To give artists and businesses more exposure. Keeping the real and stay silent just like a boulder. It's about to go all the way down, can get no lower. Chasing my dreams, know that they get no slower. But if I stay running, I promise they getting closer. Moreover, success, my older. And if you're sleeping on me, I'm waking them up like folders. I told you, coming from the land with the tide roll. Well, we'll be on a whole different we like to ride slow and keep our windows tinted so you really can see us like Stevie Wonder waking up with his eyes closed. Yeah, got the kind of flow that rocked the boat. On my 16s of pounds of dope. And if you figure you can hang with me on the mic, then grab some rope. Matter of fact, better grab some hope while you at it. We keep it live, it's time to tune in. Turn up the sound on what you're using. It goes so hard, I think it's bruising. The show is 2020, no need to zoom in. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up? It's Sir of the 2020 Podcast, LLC. Please say the LLC. And today I'm joined by two guests, Sister Candace and Sister Mariah. How are y'all doing today? Good. How about you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I've been excited to have this conversation. It was supposed to record last week, but internet outages, storms, weather, all of that said no. So we just obeyed and we rescheduled. So here we are. So. Thank y'all for rescheduling. I appreciate y'all patience. Thanks for having me. All right. So just to recap, those who are probably listening to this as their first episode, uh, this is Women on Marriage. This is a series that we're doing to discuss marriage with Black women. Uh, About three, four months ago, 
uh, I started the Men on Marriage series. Uh, I got a lot of feedback, a lot of questions. And uh, one of the most uh, received questions was, when's it going to be the ladies' turn? And here we are. <laughs> what we're doing in between each session is we are talking with different licensed therapists to get a clearer cut view on the things that are impeding communication in regards to this topic. So um, before you listen to this episode, I highly recommend you listen to the episode called The Prologue with Ariel B, uh, who's absolutely wonderful, uh, a great conversation. And uh, just to kind of give you a precursor of the way this is going to go. So if this isn't your sec uh, first episode, we're going to hop right into it. I've been starting all of these conversations, or I call them sessions, with the same question. And that is basically the definitions that matter most. So I'm going to ask you guys your definitions of three key words, because I believe communication is key to everything. So I'm going to ask you both, what is your definition of an expectation? What is your definition of a boundary? And what is your definition of a standard? Now, there isn't a right or wrong answer. The reason we're doing this is specifically to see how men and how women can sometimes think differently. It doesn't mean necessarily anyone's wrong. It's just how you approach a particular topic. So let's start with the first word. And uh, we'll start with you, Mariah. Uh, <laughs> what is your definition of an expectation? An expectation to me would be what I understand. You mean like what, what it means to have an expectation of another person or my partner? Correct. Correct. So an expectation to me is my understanding of what your obligation to me is. Mm. Okay. All right. That's plain and simple. I love it. Listen, there's dignity and simplicity and you stated it perfectly. And we're going to circle back around to that in just a moment. All right. Mm -hmm. Sister Candice, what is your definition of an expectation? My definition of an expectation is um, what I would want for myself mm. and how I will allow you to relate to me. Mm -hmm. That would be my definition of an expectation. I like that. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Now, there is another uh, lady that I uh, inquired about the definition of an expectation, and that is Miriam Webster. Uh, she happens to make these gorgeous, wonderful dictionaries. So Miriam stated, or, or as I'll be calling her, M-Dub, M-Dub stated that an expectation is something expected or the basis of expecting or the prospects of inheritance. So when you receive something, what are the benefits that you are also receiving from what you get? So when you have a relationship with someone, whether it be platonic or romantic, is what you expect to receive in alignment with that relationship. So I think that's pretty, pretty much what you guys hit on. So I think that's great. So let's go to the second word, boundary. And this time we're going to start with Sister Candice. What is your definition of a boundary? Boundary to me is like, um, it's almost like law, you know, mm. the, the universe has boundaries. 
you know, and this and that is a law that God sets in place. And those are certain things that you cannot cross or if it is crossed, then there is or may be harm, danger or loss of life even. So um, we have to me, when you set boundaries in place, it's a protection for both parties in relationships. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was very well stated. Very well stated. All right, Sister Mariah, what's your definition of a boundary? I, I definitely agree. I think a boundary is um, when we have expectations of each other. If I have obligations to my husband, if my husband has obligations to me, then those boundaries are the things that protect the sacredness of those, those things. So, um, for example, if my husband has obligations to me, he has those to me, not to anybody, any other woman. That's where the boundary comes. <laughs> right. you know? So that, well. that's how I see a boundary. Very well stated. Okay. I respect it. So M-Dub uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, states that a boundary is something that indicates or fixes a limit or an extent. And basically what you guys are saying, it shows exactly how far something will go to remain healthy for this relationship. You know, and just like Sister Candace said, if you exceed that limit or you step outside that boundary, there will be repercussions. Absolutely. Point blank, period. I like the way you stated that. All right. So, Sister Mariah, <laughs> what is your definition of a standard? A standard for me is. I won't say the expectation that's already been set, but a standard for me is, like the set level to which those expectations come from. So mm. if, I, if I have an expectation of you, it's because I've already seen the standard, I've studied the standard, the standard's already in front of me. So the standard is just like that, that representation of, of what I, where my expectation comes from. If I have this expectation of you, then it's because I've already seen it. I've, I've already seen the illustration of it. And that illustration of it is the standard. Mm, very well. All right. And Sister Candace? For me, standard, it can be um, stated in two words or defined in two words. And that's moral code for moral mm -hmm. ethics you know we can we can say well we all have standards but we have to apply it mm -hmm. and apply it properly and we have to figure out where our standards come from <clears throat> you know whose standards are we upholding because it's, mm -hmm. it can be so tricky mm -hmm. to think that we have standards but when we look at it whose standards are we upholding we have to be a standard bearer for something Right. It's just who are we going to be a standard bearer for? Okay. And uh, that is spot on with the definition from Miriam Webster. And the reason that I'm, I'm harping back to these definitions is because communication is the exchange of expressions and in most cases, words. 
And we have to be on one accord of what words mean to each other. So that's why I wanted to start there. So a standard, according to Miriam, is something established by authority, custom, or general consent as a model or an example. And you guys, both of you guys mentioned (laughs) all of those, which I find astounding. With most people I've interviewed, they mention one or even two, maybe, but never all three. You guys hit all three independently, which I, my hat's off to you. My hat is off to you. the same stuff. (laughs) I like that. We have a very good teacher. Very good teacher. (laughs) Shucks. All right. So let's get into the basis of the loss of communication, because that is where I'm hearing the most uh, ruffling of feathers uh, when it comes to these situations with, whether it be relationships, whether they be friendships or whatever. What do you guys, and, and I'll start with you, Sister Candace, where do you think the loss of communication stems from? Loss of moral code. We lose our way in that standard, in the law, in our expectations of ourselves first mm. and of others, you know, so that communication thing is a is key to any relationship and you and you hit it right on the head when you said it's an exchange of expression it is sending receiving and sending again because mm-hmm. i can talk to you you know i'm sending information i'm sending words but then you have to send back what you heard so that we can see if there's understanding of what went out first so if we don't have that, and if there's a break in that communication, then that starts the breakdown of relationships. Right. Mm. All right. What about you, Sister Mariah? <clears throat> and you said what? Can you repeat your question? <laughs> Absolutely. No problem. Where do you think the loss of communication stems from? Okay. I wanted to make sure I was thinking right. Um, so I've... I've I went to school for communication and one of the things that I learned was like my sister said in communication there's two parts there's a sender and there's a receiver and what I learned was anything that stops the receiver from getting the information is called noise and the thing Mm -hmm. is noise can even be silent so if I say I'm so happy to be invited on your and you're like, on my what? <laughs> That's okay. noise. You know what I mean? So I think that when it comes to a break in communication or loss in communication, sometimes we miss that it's actually on the part of what the law of communication says. It's on the receiver, like my sister said, to make sure that you got that information. So I think that mm-hmm. when there's a break in communication, oftentimes it comes because of assumptions that that person understood what we wanted and they still failed to meet our expectation or a third party, you know, where there's communication going on between two people. But what the receiver doesn't see is that the sender had someone else in their ear before it got to them. So I think that when there's a, a break in communication, we have to stop and take a second to really be open to learn what the noise is that stopped the communication from getting where it was supposed to go. 
I'm glad you brought up a third party. <laughs> the reason I, I, I'm glad you did is because a common thought I, I have is that social media has now become a third party for some. There's this constant comparison uh, that's going on. So do you feel social media can skew what people's idea of a healthy relationship or even healthy communication is? Yes, I think it can because the thing with social media is as as great as it is because it allows you to have access to so many different things that you may not have had access to. The other side of it is there's no accountability. So you listen to people who are giving friendship advice or relationship gurus and all this stuff. And then there's no accountability for you to know, well, where did you even get your information from? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where, who, who, or what is your standard? And a lot of times we don't question those things. We run with it. We say, well, you know, such and such said that my man should be doing this, that, or whatever. But okay. then where did they learn that from? Where did they get that from? And is that even the standard that they follow? Mm, okay. And Sister Candace, what about you? You know, what, what comes to my mind is this. When we log on to Facebook, and I use Facebook, but when we log on, remember, if, if I'm correct, in the beginning where you post your post on your news feed, mm-hmm. it used to say, tell us about your day or something like that. Yeah. Now it says, what's on your mind? <laughs> That's big. Yeah. What's on your mind, you know, and we get so confused and we're so ready and so anxious to open up that sacred space in our minds. The mind gets to the heart of you, you know, so it's it's like we have to be on guard for that because Facebook has ruined many relationships, started many fights caused a lot of bloodshed between not only just people, but in relationships. Mm-hmm. All because they asked you, what's on your mind? And we're so willing to tell them mm-hmm. what's on our minds. Ooh. Okay. All right. That, that was deep. Uh, I agree. I think a lot of times social media gives us a platform that not everyone needs mm-hmm. because a lot of misinformation a lot of hate a lot of angst goes on display and the other thing about hurt people a lot of hurt people don't care what corner they're in as long as they're in a corner that supports what they view at that time right if if they don't care if it's a a group of hurt or wrong people they just want people to agree so I, I hear you. I hear you on that. So you guys mentioned something earlier that we alluded to with morals and ethics. Where do you stand when it comes to gender roles, when it comes to, <laughs> yeah, we going there, when it comes to <laughs> marriage? So uh, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is there's been sort of a kerfuffle a shuffling of sorts of the idea of what gender roles are in a marriage. 
Um, I just wanted to know, and like, once again, there's not a wrong or right answer. Just what are your thoughts on the idea of gender roles in a marriage? And <laughs> I will start with you, Sister Candace. <laughs> well, that's a very good question. <laughs> this is like our everyday conversation. It really? sure is. It sure is. Well, here's here's what the the book that we follow says, and we believe to be the spoken word of God. You know, okay. It says that men are the maintainers of women. That's gender role right there. <laughs> from the most high. Men are the maintainers of women. So it doesn't mean that the woman doesn't have her role. She does, and her role is very important. It's just we've had an outside party, a third party, mm. come in and switch things up, which puts us against each other. So now we're so confused, we don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, we don't know if we should, if we should be this or be that, you know, but as women, you know, we're taught in the nation that our home is our base as women, not necessarily our place. So it doesn't mean that because we're women and we have domestic skills, that that is exclusively where we should be. We can go and do anything, you know, with our God-given gifts, and we can go as high as our gifts can take us. But our base is in the home. And when we realize as women just how important that role is, mm -hmm. we would be happy to say that's my base and operate and work in it, you know, and let the man be who he was created to be, which is the maintainer, not just the provider. That is just an aspect mm -hmm. of his role, maintaining spiritually, financially, emotionally, intimately, all of that, intellectually, all of that is his maintenance role. Well, what does she do? She is his consoler, his helpmeet. And let me tell you, so this is, you know, being a helpmeet is not an easy task. It is not easy at all. But when you have a man who is in his role and accepts it fully and we allow him to be, then we will be all happy and in love with our role in helping him meet his obligation. So yes, I believe there are gender roles, not because we as people said, but God said, and sometimes we just have to accept things and, and when we do, we feel that it's natural to us. Our nature comes back to us. We've been messed up out in this society. Ooh, all right. Sister Mariah, <laughs> same question. I agree with everything my sister said. We do gender <laughs> roles over here. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and I, I, I didn't, I've always, I've always been very traditional when it comes to gender roles and, but I didn't learn the specifics of it until the nation. And, everything I thought made sense. I just mm -hmm. got a chance to like expound on it and learn the details of it. When I think of gender roles, a lot of times we think that when you say gender roles, people think that they assume that as a woman, all I do all day is cook and clean and pop out babies. And that couldn't be further from what it is. You know what I mean? Like I believe 
that when it comes to gender roles, a husband is a maintainer. He is a provider. He that that's what he does. And I think a lot of times we're taken so far out of what our natural is supposed to be, where we we take away what what he's there for. It's like I because I'm independent because I don't misunderstand what it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like independent means I got to be my own man, <clears throat> and that's not what it is at all. I'm not competing with no man to mm-hmm. be a man. you know what I mean and when it comes to what we do we are his soft spot we're his consoler we're his comforter when he goes out there because listen and there is nobody out there loving on on us the way that we should be loved so when our man is out there and he is fighting the world because ain't nobody giving black men nothing ain't nobody saying Y'all come over here. It's okay. Nobody's doing that for y'all. When he goes out there and he is fighting the world, he comes home and that is that should be his heaven. And what we're taught is it is, it's I, I, I accept the responsibility as a woman to create heaven in his home. However, he, as my husband, has the responsibility and obligation, not by me, but by our creator to create the environment for his heaven to be created. So anytime that there's like a struggle with the, with gender roles or, or whatever it is, the real question is what environment has been created? Because a lot of how we're functioning now, it's like we're functioning out of chaos, but we don't even realize that it's chaos because it's our norm. You know what Mm. I mean? Like struggle is our norm. I feel like I don't need a man in the house because I didn't grow up with a man in the house and my mama didn't grow up with a man in the house and we did just fine. No, we, we doing all that over here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we fall into those roles because if my husband as the head falls into his role of who he is as a man and understands who he is as a man, then I can fully fall into what I'm supposed to be for you as a woman. And when we don't, that's when we feel like we got to go to other people or other stuff to fill those voids because we haven't, we naturally not that, you know what I mean? In the nation we're taught, you can't even reach your full level of, of Godship without a woman. Without a woman. We're taught that marriage is one half of our faith. If you could walk around with just one half of your body, what would you be able to do with just half (laughs) Mm. of yourself? But that's how a lot of us are functioning. A lot of us are functioning without really knowing what it is to have somebody who was made for you to be your comforter. A lot of us don't even know what it is to be fully comforted or how it feels as a woman to be provided for. If there were more of us who fell into what our roles should be and what our roles were designated to be, you would even in that person unlock a love that you have never seen before. Like, I didn't even know she could do this. (laughs) I didn't even know she could cook this because Mm -hmm. she's in her natural element to create Mm -hmm. a heaven. We're not not looking for, when I say heaven, I'm not even talking about gates that we talking about going to when we're not even here no more i'm talking about land of milk and honey and all that when you step in the door Mm -hmm. a lot of us don't know what that feels like to have 
heaven in your home and to construct marriage in a way where you understand that it's it's a half of your faith. Because when you're connected to him and he's connected to God, there's like it just it it just moves so many communication. You might have trials and things, but you go through them so much easier when you're connected to the to the right thing. May I add one more thing? Absolutely. Sister Mariah mentioned, you know, if you had half a body, that's in 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 another sense, that's being unbalanced. Mm-hmm. And marriage, a a wife and husband, man and woman, we bring balance to each other, right? But the thing that we also have to get is we have to be balanced individually. And I think sometimes what happens is when we're not balanced as an individual, as an individual woman or individual man, just like if you, you know, were blind in one eye, your body compensates for that. So then we may we may find ourselves doing things that we would normally do if we were balanced. So, you know, we have to, you know, take that into account as well. What we're seeing in a lot of relationships is an imbalance on both sides. Mm. So we got to get balance first here <laughs> individually but so we can bring balance to each other, you know, as a family unit. I agree. I, I think, I'm sorry, can I add something? No, go for <laughs> it. Do it, do it. One of my, I, I, we read all the time. One of the books that I really love is, is this one by, it's called After You Say I Do by student minister Nuri Muhammad. And he has Before You Say I Do too. Yeah. And one of the things that he mentions in his book, After You Say I Do, is us understanding even the language of each other. Sometimes we get frustrated because we might say something and that person may not understand or whatever. And this, this to me falls under gender roles because we don't, we don't communicate <laughs> the same way. And sometimes that's where frustration and breaks in communication come from because I want him to understand what I'm saying as a woman when that's not really how he may listen. And one of the things that Minister Neri says is that the language of a female is security. And when you think about gender roles, a lot of people that I know that may not see gender roles like I do, when it comes to women, it's because there's been some type of, of, I don't know if impediment is the word, to our security. We feel like I got to be independent. I got to get it out the mud myself because somebody failed me. And really what it is, is somebody failed in securing you. So now you feel like you have to do it yourself and you can't even allow a man to be able to do it for you when that's what he by nature is supposed to be doing. And then on the other side of that, he says that the language of a man is honor and respect and admiration. And a lot Mm -hmm. of our men that, that kind of don't fall into the role that they should, it's because they're seeking that stuff elsewhere because we don't understand that we can provide that to ourselves there's such a a a happiness that you'll get and a peace that you get when you fall into by nature what you're supposed to be i'm glad you spoke up uh kind of like a a response piece in regards to the way people can view security uh and and 
I'm going to tie into that trauma. So let me ask you, in what ways or what or some of the traumas you feel uh, affect us or our view of relationships as a whole, whether it be in communications, uh, like you guys were saying, insecurity, you know, like what, what are some traumas that we downplay as a community that can affect the way that we view our relationships with others? Oh, I didn't even assign a person. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> let's let's start with uh, Sister Mariah on that one. What kinds of traumas? Yes, ma'am. And I think anything that you really felt hurt from, it could be like um, sexual trauma and that that'll hurt you because there may be certain things that, that you don't like that aren't even tied to this person that they may not understand. There may be things where you had a bad relationship with your mother. So then you feel like, or you have issues of like abandonment as black people, we've experienced things. And I know people are like, well, all people have experienced stuff. No people to me have experienced generational trauma. Like we have, Mm -hmm. there are some times where you might be sad about something and you don't even really understand how deep that thing is in you because you don't know that it might be connected to something that happened when you were two or three or four or something like that. It could be, you know, you don't like to be touched a certain way. You may not like to be kissed on the cheek, even if it's your husband or, you know, it might be you have a hard time having a friendship with women because of something that might have happened when you were in kindergarten or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times there's so many different kinds of trauma. It's really not even just a few to, to pick out. It could be because I think you can be in a relationship and certain things that might happen in that relationship trigger things that you don't even realize were trauma. Sometimes we feel like, well, that's just something I don't like, or that might just be a bad memory, but that is trauma. Good point. All right, Sister Candace. You know, talking talking about different um, traumas and things like that, something that we all ex- experience. This is why, again, it's important to be balanced um, in individually, because of what what we have suffered on both sides, men and women, we bring into relationships. And then we start operating based off of what we've been through. And we charge and we hold, you know, things against each other based on what we've been through. So, you know, all of that has to be healed before we go into a relationship and, you know, marriage, you know, that's, (laughs) Not at all if we're not healed, but uh, a lot of times we do, we get into it and we haven't healed ourselves, but then at some point we have to start working, working things out within self. So that means we have to be retro introspective, you know, looking Mm -hmm. within and stop the focus on, you know, looking at the uh, other person, your spouse as the source of your problem. Mm -hmm. We have to look at self. And once we change what's going on in us and heal some of those things or get rid of some of those things, then mm-hmm. what, what will happen is our perspective changes. Mm-hmm. You know, so it doesn't matter really what we see the other person doing. You know, it's not affecting us the way that it was 
prior to being healed, you know, because we, we can see now I'm looking at it differently. So mm -hmm. it doesn't look the same to me anymore. So it's important for us to heal those traumas that we've been through. And all of us have them. First thing we got to do is acknowledge that right. we have them. <laughs> you know, right. sometimes we don't want to acknowledge it because it's too painful, mm -hmm. you know, and that's understandable. But we have to acknowledge those things so that we can heal them if we want success in marriage and relationship. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's going to be a, a struggle. I, th I think you both said a mouthful there. Uh, and I think the hardest part, and I know this was from myself, is not looking at something as that's just how I am. Something made me that way. That's and right. it's important to review why it made me that way. All right. Well, I would even go so far as to say that none of us are who we really are. <laughs> because all of us, have experienced the same type of world, society, yeah, yeah. traumas, generational curses or traumas. We've all experienced those things. So none of us are who we were meant to be and mm -hmm. we're not who we really are. We have to come back to our natural selves. Mm -hmm. Ladies, thank you so much for this. This was exactly what I needed to hear, honestly, because even, even this is why I love talking to black women. Even when I feel like I'm a spectator, I always get something out of every conversation. And you guys have truly blessed me today. Do you hear me? <laughs> Just to hear the positivity. And it's one thing to hear something in a tone of a response, you know, just answering a question. But you genuinely sound like, this is something that you enjoy. This conversation is something that you enjoy sharing with the world. So I appreciate you for coming here to spread that love over these airwaves because someone needs to hear this. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank me. You. It's yes, very important. You can't have strong <clears throat> families or a strong nation without strong marriages. So it's time for us to put the Black family unit back together, repair that family unit so that we can be who we were created to be, the strong people that we were destined to be. And there it is. And with that being said, this has been Sir, Sister Candace, Sister, Sister Mariah. Uh, <laughs> this, this, I'm, I'm not even gonna lie. This has been my favorite conversation. I'm not <laughs> even gonna lie. Not I've enjoyed lie. it. <laughs> Look, I, we, can we do this again? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The time is up already. Look, look. Oh, I'm like, God. Oh, we, we have to do a part two. Hey, this is Mystique. This is Mr. Everlasting. And this is the safe word. Safe word. Y'all make sure y'all join us every first and third Friday of the month. Every month. We are in season three. Season three. Y'all already know what it is, man. Tap in.